Let's have a chat about The Mandalorian and where Star Wars is going currently. I'm Captain Dirk. And I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com No. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Super Egg and Bros recorded on the last episode for 2020. Ooh. That is right. So by the time we record the next episode, we are going to be in the new year and um I'm I'm excited to see what's going on here. Hey, turn your fucking phone off. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I thought that I turned it off. <laughs> Oopsie poops. But I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, as always, now we are live on twitch.tv slash super arrogant bros, and you can catch us on Sunday nights at nine o'clock PM Central. Uh, before we even begin recording, we have uh, the stream going, playing some good old dungeon synth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some uh, Lord Leviticus. There is uh, actually I love Lord Leviticus. Um, it, it's 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 a lot of fun being able to do this, and I love doing this every single fucking week, talking about things in a non grifting manner. Mm-hmm. What am I talking about with this? Well. Uh, a big gripe that I have in the spheres of YouTube and in podcasting and even in uh, gaming journalism is grifting. Grifting is when people are trying to um, swindle you, swindle you to sway you into a certain uh, opinion or mindset, mm-hmm. uh, whether it is uh, pro or anti-consumer, whether it is for eating the shit that is uh, put on your plate, uh, whether it is by uh, CD Projekt Red or EA or any other company, we are not Collider. We are <laughs> we are not Overlord DVD. Who mm-hmm. uh, Overlord DVD who has been right a couple times, but overall is pretty terrible at giving predictions and is usually wrong about what he fucking says because his <laughs> source is dog shit and he needs, he needs to get rid of it. Anyway, we are against the grifters and and we we hold that very very passionately every time we do these recordings. And when we fuck up, we own up to it. Yep. Yeah. That's how we do it. Yeah. So, uh give us a follow on facebook.com/arrogantmedia. We've got uh the Twitter at media arrogant. That's more of um where I tend to talk to certain people that I know on Twitter. Yeah. But um, we also have uh, YouTube, the Arrogant Media channel. Look us up there. Give a subscription and share the show because that helps us grow. And that also enables us to get into further opportunities and what we can do with this show. Mm-hmm. So one more house clean, housekeeping thing to get out of the way here. Okay. I you was yes on a stream last night <gasps> with our good friends from You Hate to See It. Ooh. You Hate to See It is uh in some ways the embodiment of what you and I used to do in the Plastered Paladin stuff. Ooh. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and they're really good dudes. Um you know, they're they're a lot of fun to talk to and listen to. And so what we did was a stream that is meant for their patrons for uh it's it's like a attack mass taskmaster mm-hmm. sort of episode so um with the guys from you hate to see it though they drink a lot oh very often they might get tipsy during an episode um i won while really drunk off of my whiskey oh so <laughs> yeah I, I did some I did some pretty unconventional things while drunk, and um, I'm very proud of my win. <laughs> and uh, if you want to watch it, go look for you hate to see it on on uh, Facebook. That will give you the details and uh, give them a listen. They're on Podbean. They're on the other host other podcasting platforms. Mm-hmm. Check them out. They're good friends of ours, and uh, I think they deserve the attention. Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to announce before we get started? Mm, as far as I know, no. All right, then. Let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. So, I want to say, uh, uh, Orange Monkey Joe is uh, also saying back to the old mics, I see. Yeah. Yes. 
after last week, which was a a test of the the Yeti microphone from Blue, yeah, uh, the World of Warcraft edition, which is actually a lot of fun to, to play with. It's a lot of fun to stream with, yeah. But it's not good for doing the actual podcast recordings. Yeah. It. it Did you listen to last week's episode? I didn't get to listen to last week's episode mainly because I was dealing with Christmas and all that good jazz. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we, we've known about this in the past. The Yeti microphone always makes it sound, like you said before, it picks up everything. I'm going to assume that it picked up the good old fan over there. Not your, really. Oh, really? Yeah. So I had the gain down low enough. But but yes, it, it like it, it picks up everything that it, it like depending on how loud the gain is mm-hmm. or how 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 much gain there is used. Yeah, it's going to pick up everything that it can. So, um, it 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 made the audio quality uh dive down pretty deep. Oof. Uh... But it was a lot of fun to to try it though. And yeah. if if it's just one person using this microphone, that's fine. Okay. That's perfectly fine. Um, uh, but. Anyways, so what games of the week do you have, Steph? So I recently got on Steam, and lo and behold, there was, in fact, a sale again. Why not? Because the winner just decides that, you know, I don't really need money, I guess. I mean, I don't need to pay the rents, I guess. Sure, food is just another way of saying that, you know, you need sustenance in order to, you know, grow as a person. I feel like I've gained enough experience, and I have enough stamina to where I can go and do the things out in life, you know, I can just log out of life for a little bit, let my let my energy regrow itself naturally. Don't need any food whatsoever. I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the game one of the games that I picked up was actually from the original creator of XCOM. Not not the one, not like not two aliens unknown and all that good jazz, like the the 3D ones. This is I God, I don't want to call it open world. Because open world implies that you're able to go everywhere and like fight anywhere that you want. Right. But it's along the lines of you go to certain points on the global map, the geoscape as it's called, and you fight against these creatures. So basically, Phoenix Point, that's what it's actually called. I think I called it Flashpoint before. Yeah. So, so Phoenix Point is... There's, there's something that's called The Mist. The mist does fucky things with you. Like, it's a virus, basically. And it mutates you. It makes you want to go back to the sea. Okay. Okay, so so thousands, millions of people basically went into the ocean just because they could, bare naked lady style and all that good jazz. Then they came back out and they were... Can you guess what what they were? What? They They went into the ocean. Went into the ocean. They mutated. What comes out of the ocean... When when mutations arise, trouble, trouble, trouble indeed. We got trouble. But uh, yeah, no, they they came back as crab people, and fish people. Oh no! So you know what that means. I get out the good old twelve gauge, and put them down. Yep. So that's what you are doing right now. You are part of this organization that goes around and tries to you know, not destroy the world. You beat back the horde as much as you can and hopefully find a solution to your problems that is known as the mist. Because I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people don't want to turn into like giant crab people. They're I would. Not, they're not quite crabs. I not would. Quite... Yeah, but then you get to, you don't have a dick no more. So? Then I get no more accidental boners. Yeah, but no more sex. That's fine. I'm not going to have a dick. I'm not going to care. <laughs> if you don't have a dick, you don't care. And I mean, they really don't care either. They want to kill every human on Earth. Exactly. I will be a sexless killing machine. Yeah, but here's here's the other thing when it comes down to it. They're not, they're not very attractive looking. Let's just put it at that. And so you got to, of course, you got to exterminate them. But along the way, you realize that, hey, you're not alone in this giant world. Because there's, you know, always people that tend to live. So you got you got your paramilitary, like, havens that are moving around. So basically havens, they're havens, safe places where you can, you know, not have to worry about getting gimped by a giant siren with mind control powers. Right. 
But you got the paramilitaries. They want to kill all of them. Like, that's it. We're finding a cure to the virus. We're killing everything. And then we're going to establish the new world order. On the flip side, you have the anarch, the anarchist utopian society sort of thing. So basically, they're really high tech. They have all these really cool weapons, laser weapons. I don't know if you know this, but laser weapons are pretty cool. Yeah. They're pacifists, emphasis on my air quotes that people that are going to be listening to the podcast aren't going to be able to see, but you on the stream can be able to see. Who basically, they want to find a way to peacefully coexist alongside the mist, but not get mutated. Mm-hmm. They don't have any leaders. They instead have people that just tend to, you know, have a little bit more influence. You know, there's two different factions. The ones that want to create these mist repellents. They think that we can't really stop the mist from, I mean, we... We, we we can't stop the creatures, but we can stop the mist. Right. Where, where these creatures come from. I think they're called the Pandorans. By the way, uh, Orange... Yeah. Orange Monkey 5 made a guess in the Twitch chat, Godzilla, for what comes out of the water. No, not really. It's just a lot of crab people. You ever wonder how Godzilla stays in the water for so long? I assume he's like a whale. But like, whales have to come up for air. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, every once in a while, there's going to be, like, some fisherman off the coast of fucking Japan. It's like, man, I'm having really, I'm having a lot of fun fishing and uh, crabbing and all that good jazz. Like, you know, I'm going to go back home. I'm going to eat some, eat some sushi, watch some of the animes, <laughs> you know, watch my favorite girls on the YouTubes. <laughs> God damn it. That's great. We're using the stereotypes. <laughs> Any other stereotypes you want to use here? Uh, I mean, I got my katana out. <laughs> it's, it's a fishing pole. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they just, like, sees Godzilla crest out of the ocean. Like a glorious humpback whale just diving, just just cresting. And you and, and you think that he'd make the Godzilla roar as he comes out. He, no, you just hear... <gasps> <laughs> and then that fisherman's like... I'm going to go home now. I'm going to do all this stuff early. And uh, I'm not coming back out. I'm going to go be an accountant in one of the big cities now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly how it works. Um, so you have to basically gain the trust of all of these different factions. But you can't gain the trust of all of them at once. They give you, that you know, they all have their own ways of dealing with this. Cure the infection. Kill them all, and humans take over the world once again. The anarchists think that no, you're the stupid. We have the technology; mm-hmm. we can just live wherever we want. But as long as we build these mist repellers, don't have to worry about curing it. Or you can just say, "Well, we can cure it, but we can also build the mist repellents." But that would that would imply that you're messing with nature, and the other faction inside of that faction doesn't like that whatsoever. You're being a naughty no-no boy. Mm-hmm. And then there's the third one that's just like, hey, fam, I'm going to just grow all of this armor on my skin, and then we're going to just be a part of the crab people. But except we're going to rule them because we have brains and opposable thumbs. <laughs> okay. And then there's the fourth one that comes out as a, as a free DLC if you pick up the year one edition. Robots. Robot people. Ooh. No humans. No Pandoran crab people. Robot. I made the mistake of accidentally allying myself against them, so every once in a while, like, a robot will just appear, and he'll just say, Hey, fam, I see that you're still on your tier one weapon, uh, weaponry. Let me take out my grenade launchers real fast and just... Oh, no. And I have a bad time when they come around. I've lost three people to them. Any event, let me go on to what the actual gameplay is. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, here we go. So, of course, XCOM. You know it. You love it. There's an action system. So, basically, everything that you do in the game requires action points. Shoot your gun takes a certain amount of uh, certain amount of action points. You're moving around. 
takes a certain amount of action points. But here's the difference when it comes down to XCOM and this game. You can still stay hidden if you are silent enough. If you go in guns a blazing, everyone's going to know where you are and you're going to have to engage in, you know, open warfare. But if you're tactical enough, you can see the enemy before they see you. You can shoot the enemy, assuming you have silencers on, and they won't see you. And it's really fucking cool because you actually have to be tactical about this. Do I want to go in guns a blazing because I have nothing but mini guns attached? Because why, why wouldn't you? Or auto cannons at that point. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to go in for the stealthy approach? Picking, picking off people one by one, making sure they don't live. And hey, that's pretty cool. But the thing that really sets this apart is the fact that there is no percentage system. So there's going to be a sectoid in your face, you have a shotgun, and for some reason it's only a 50% chance to hit, even though you literally have it up his ass. No. (laughs) This game relies on you to say, all right, this guy is in cover. I mean, I can't just shoot him in cover. I've got to be able to see him. So it introduces something that's known as free aiming. Free aiming is exactly what you think it is. You see the fucker, you shoot the fucker. You can aim for different body parts. You can shoot off people's arms. You can make them bleed. There's different damage types. There's damage over time, bleeds, viruses, uh, stuns. You can mind control people. It's, it's, It's remarkable. I love it to death. And the customization for each of these characters is also awesome. Because, guess what? On top of the soldiers that you are making... You can give them you can give them different abilities. So if you want a really good sharpshooter, literally just spec him into sharpshooting, or her into sharpshooting, whatever. But it's it's a lot of fun, but goddamn, does it rack my brain sometimes? Because on top of the combat, you got to manage your resources, and in order to do that, you got to make sure that you're managing the mist control because. The mist in the game, like in lore, is ever encroaching. In the game, if you don't, if you aren't paying attention, you'll lose out on a lot of resources and you're going to have to go into really hard fights. So, where one fight before the mist came in was pretty easy, you're shooting crab people that just have snippy snips. Yeah. And, you know, they have to run up to you and, stupid idiot, you don't have a gun. But then you go into the mist and all of a sudden you realize that, oh, there's a giant barnacle with legs coming at. Ah, it has missiles. Oh, no. It has missiles, and there's two of them. No, there's three of them. I just didn't see one hiding by... Oh, he can go invisible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, uh, oh, no. I don't like this at all. I don't like this one bit. <laughs> and everything in the game, you can get. So if you see that one faction has a really cool crossbow that shoots organic bolts at people, and you can reload it for free, I want that. So I'm going to go and research it. Or I'm going to ally with that faction and get his research so that way I can make it myself. Okay, so you got a couple different options if you want that kind of weapon. Mm-hmm. And each each faction will always have some sort of class variety. So you have your assault classes, which are basically running guns. You, you, you got your assault rifles. You can heal people. You, you, you can do all this other stuff. You're a fast boy. You got your heavy classes. I mean, you have a minigun, you have a shit ton of armor, you have a jetpack to get to other places. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. Then you have your sniper classes. Sniper. Sniper rifles. Long range. They have pistols. I have one girl right now that literally just sits in the back and just goes, I'm I'm killing someone with one of these shots. I have a million shots. I'm going to kill someone today. And then with each of the factions, you get a different class. So you have the infiltrator. Infiltrators are, they have uh, spider, uh, spider drones that can explode if you, and you can send them off to go and do whatever you need them to do, mm-hmm. like explode better. Uh, you have the priests from the, uh, from the I want to be crab people, but mind control them. They have priests who heal from a distance and mind control. That's pretty fucking swell. Yeah. Paramilitary Corps. Uh, I like guns. I like all of the guns. Give me all of the guns. No, you don't understand. Give me all of the guns, including the flamethrower. Okay. Give. 
and it's it's really fucking interesting because on top of that you get augments augments have their own upsides and downsides upside you're not taking any sort of damage over time because you know you're a robot at this point makes you stealthier if you build them one way makes them hardier if you build them another makes them just indestructible tanks get that but on the on the downside you're a robot and robots cannot upgrade their armor or be healed in normal ways. You've mm-hmm. got to repair them, which is not bueno when you realize that, oh, shit, the repair kits are a lot more expensive. Well, guess I got to unplug you now. Yeah. Father, why have you done this to me so? <laughs> <laughs> well, daddy don't have enough money to make a repair kit, so we got to kill you. There's there's a resource there's a resource point like right over there. Can we just go get it? I mean, if we scrap you though. Yeah, if we scrap you, we can get more resources. No, yeah. father, I want to live. Nah, <laughs> That was somewhat depressing. Comically sad. <laughs> Comically sad. Anyways, <laughs> so all right, so for for my games of the week, then um, I, I don't have much because I've been very very busy going on with uh, the, the the Christmas uh, holiday, mm-hmm. and uh, however though, I found myself playing a good deal of Sonic, a good deal of Sonic Mania, and then Sonic CD on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh huh. And uh, I, I found something. What did you find, buddy? I found something on Christmas Eve when I decided to go out and look for some uh, some uh, bags for gifts. Uh-huh. Well, look, I am a fashionable motherfucker. So what I found, let's just uh, bring it to the desktop here. There we go. I found a hat. I found a hat, Steph, to go with my 666 facial mask and my Ater uh, hoodie. Ater being a black metal band uh, from a, by a good friend of mine. Um, <laughs> do you? What do you think of the hat, Steph? <laughs> what do you think of the hat? Is it pretty great? Aren't aren't I pretty fashionable? <laughs> What's that stare for, buddy? <sighs> you're you're being pretty silent here, buddy. Being a little silent, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. I don't think they can hear you in the microphone, though. Might want to move close to it. What what, what are your thoughts here? What, what are you thinking? You disappoint me. <laughs> I <laughs> I here, here's the thing, though. I can't disappoint you. If you don't have expectations. I expected you not to have this. <laughs> the Sonic shoes were one thing. <laughs> this is starting to turn into a whole different thing. Weird champ this man. I mean, look. What do you expect of me? The statues that I have? Uh, the... The Sonic the Hedgehog classic pop figure that's right over there by the record player. What do you expect? Let's go to gaming news, shall we? Gaming news. Good. got for today buddy uh in other news of disappointment here uh tencent has been purchasing companies oh shit yep they acquired warframe developer digital extremes and uh several other studios uh from the pc gamer uh article tencent has acquired uh leo technologies in a 1.5 billion dollar deal meaning the enormous chinese corporation now owns even more of the games you know. The deal has been hinted at earlier this year, with Sony also reported to be interested, but was signed off by Leo shareholders on December 11th and finalized today. Ooh. So, yeah. Tencent's putting their 
fucking fingers in every goddamn pie at this they point. They absolutely are. Um, I also see that uh, 4chan has been having some discussion over Tencent creating what is basically their own gaming selling software. Yeah. So, uh, like Steam, like Epic. or So they're going to be having their own store. Okay. And, um, yeah. It, they're, they're, they're getting pretty uh, pretty high in there in, in the power here. Their power levels are showing. God, let's see here. From American companies, I think they own, what, Epic Games? And they also own... Uh, well, they don't they don't own as much as like have shares of Epic Games at like, this point though. Like, l- look at Blizzard. Look at the Blitzchung, Blitz yeah, Blitzchung, Blitzchung yeah. yeah. Look at Blitzchung. Look at how Blizzard treated him because Tencent got angry at him. Y- yeah, I mean it- it's I don't know. It's the the problem is if you don't make Tencent happy, then it's like you don't get to do business with China. No, you you really don't, and that's that that's the big reason why I keep getting really fucking concerned whenever Tencent starts acquiring more shit, because that's more shit that's going to be having to really talk about China. Yeah, like yeah, it God, it's just so fucking weird that. A company is able to a company that is basically a subsidiary of the Chinese government is able to get away with all of this shit, and it oh God, it really does not make me happy. Let's just put it at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, besides that, Tencent is also looking to hire Pokemon experts. Oh, for the love of God, <laughs> calling all Pokemon experts, Tencent is hiring. Yep, you read that right. The Chinese-based company recently posted several listings for Pokemon-related jobs in the Asian marketplace. According to Nico uh, Partners Senior Analyst Din- sorry, Daniel Ahmad, there are now 19 listings specifically for the Pokemon franchise that Tencent is trying to fill, with the most interesting being a Pokemon consultant position with some rather quirky requirements. Jesus. So where's this going to lead to? I'm I'm not quite sure. Well, let's see here. They Again, this is going to be a big wave, so to speak, because yeah. this means that Tencent's starting to try and compete with the AAAs now, which means I think their first their weirdly enough, their first hit uh, their first big swing is going to be at Nintendo. I feel like they're going to try and make their own Pokémon series. Here's the thing. They could try to make their own Pokemon. At the very best, they could come up with the next Digimon. At the very worst, they could come out with the next Robopon. Well, that's a thing that exists. Yeah, yes. If you find yourself asking, what is Robopon? Exactly. That existed it at did. some point, and I barely remember it. Uh, I thought it was cool when it was a, when I was a kid. I never played it, but I, I knew it was like it, it it had my interest, like using robots as as Pokemon. But no, that never really took off. Nah. Remember when Pokemon had a card game? Like it no, still does. You know, no, it does. But I, I'm talking about the time where Pokemon made a Pokemon game that wasn't about Pokemon, but instead playing Pokemon cards yep. in a fictional universe. And we're getting into the comment here. Uh, Monster Rancher, anyone? Yes, I do remember Monster oh, Rancher. God, I remember that too. That was a lot of fun. Here, here's the thing, though. My my memories of Monster Rancher don't involve the games. It involves uh, weekday mornings, waking up, and watching Sonic Underground and Monster Rancher. Sonic Underground was really, really bad. But when you're in the fifth grade, you don't care that much because it's like, well, what else do I have for Sonic? Is is that the one with, like, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog, too fast for the wicked area? Uh, and then there was that one princess that didn't wear pants? No. 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 That's the one that everybody... 
thinks they like. Sonic Underground is Sonic, along with his his two siblings, Manic and Sonia, uh, who are together a rock band who are looking for their mother. I That's what I had. That That is what I fucking had as a kid. <laughs> I had to take my lumps and deal with it. You know what else I had? Uh. I also had Donkey Kong Country as a TV show. Oh, that was a thing? Yeah, that was a thing. Oh that was a thing. Okay, you, you know how the how the animation was done, too? Uh. Um, it was, it, it was from Capture. So, so you're, you're, you're not watching, like, what people, like, animated individually. Like, you're watching, um, God, what, what is that technology called? Like, they, they strap the balls on people and Mo- motion, motion, uh, capture. motion capture. They use that to make the Donkey Kong Country show. And so you're, you're, at, you're watching apes that are, like, walking around like actual people in a way that creates a, an uncanny valley. Also, every episode has songs. So you, you want to watch Donkey Kong or Diddy Kong sing a song? I, I don't know. Because I sure fucking don't. Oh. Yeah, I also had the, the uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 TV show by Deke. Uh, Deke also did the, the Sonic shows, too. Uh, but yeah, Deke brought Super Mario Brothers 3 where every fucking cartoon had a fucking song in it, too. That's what we had, Stev. That's what we had. We ate the bad food and we liked it. To the furthest extent that we could. I had Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what other what are the bad uh, gaming TV shows that we have? Mega Man. Mega Man was a pretty bad one. I mean, the movie was all right. Oh, we're not talking about the movie though. We're we're talking the 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 TV show. That I think was also from Deke. Uh, that that was that was pretty uh, pretty garbo. Uh, we had uh, Street Fighter. We had Darkstalkers. I'm looking at fucking orange monkeys right now. Yeah, uh, this is why we were fucked up. Uh, worst CGI ever. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It was terrible. These were dark times. And and, and here here's the thing though too. Like we owe so much to Spoonco and John Kay, the creator of Ren and Stimpy. Uh-huh. Because what he did was he brought us out of the dark ages of animation. And we had Deke that was trying to keep us inside the, those dark ages. The dark ages meaning that instead of using storyboards to uh, to write the, the cartoon, it was done by script writers. And so you go from the script writers to the animators. And so there's a big old gap in the whole planning of the whole thing. And so... Finally, thanks to John Kay, we went away from the script and went back to the Looney Tunes drawing board of using the the fucking like like uh, using the storyboards. Mm-hmm. Then and then it, 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 everything improved. John Kay was an asshole. John Kay is an asshole. John Kay has allegations against him, but the man progressed things in animation. In a way that that people in the eighties couldn't fucking do. Deke was garbage. Everything Deke came out with is fucking garbage. You think Hanna Barbera cut corners in animation? That's nothing compared to what Deke did. I'm sorry. Let's talk about a good show for once. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Oh, Topic of the week. <laughs> I, I'm. I, it's just like that. That's just what I had, you know. And, and especially like growing up in under under a religious household, it's like I didn't have much for options. I didn't get to watch Star Wars until I was in the seventh grade. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> I have the collector's edition on VHS. Yeah, I'll admit though. I mean, what happened probably isn't as bad as, like, what four kids did. Mm. Like, that... I think the kids got fucked over from four kids. Yeah, I remember watching Yu-Gi-Oh! and just realizing that Kaiba's jumping out the window because two guys pointed at him. Yeah. 
He, he yeah. wanted to commit suicide out of guilt. Definitely not because of the guns. <laughs> oh, what guns? What guns? What there are, are no about? guns in four kids shows. Yeah. Don't you know guns are bad for children? Also, that, that anime character was not smoking a cigarette. He was he was sucking a lollipop. Sucking a lollipop. There's a guy that has a water gun <laughs> pointing at a kid's head. Uh-huh. Nope. Ash almost fucking died, but no, four kids said it was a water gun. Mm-hmm. No, they never, they never, sh- no, they never aired that because of that. There were many, sh- there were many episodes of Pokemon that they didn't air. There was the one where James had fake tits. Oh, really? Yeah, there was an episode where James had fake tits and they refused to, uh, they refused to do it. All right. So, Okay. A year ago, we talked about uh, the Mandalorian, and uh, like we we gave our initial thoughts on the Mandalorian, and I think they're the same since then. Mm-hmm. So since then, we've had season two come out, and uh, wh- what are you thinking of the show so far? It's it, it it's it still holds up. Like I know there are people that are saying like, oh well, it's not as good as the first season. No. In all honesty, it's it ha- it's starting to have a different vibe than the first season. Yeah, we he he in, before yes he had a purpose, he still has that purpose, but now it feels as though the stakes are raised even higher, especially because it turns out that the empire is still around pretty hardcore. Um, especially because it's. I don't want to spoil anything. It's really hard to talk about Mandalor- uh, the Mandalorian without spoiling something. But it just, it feels like... It feels like they've upgraded. Yeah. Without really, like, upgrading the Mandalorian. He's growing. He's developing as a character, you know... He's grown attached to the child, and so he wants what's best for him. The child just wants to stay with Papa. He just wants to stay with you know your Silva Papa over here. And, and we got a, we got a name for the child too. Yeah, we do have a name for the child, and it just it feels good. Like the entire season feels good. There are throwbacks to older shows. Like the Clone Wars and Rebels, it felt fan servicey when uh, they they brought in Boba Fett. Uh I wouldn't. But it worked. It worked simply because even in the Legends universe, Boba Fett lived. He got out. Like he he got out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. It is it is canon hardcore in every in every universe that Boba Fett survive the Sarlacc pit because it was a malfunction just because he pr- uh, he got hit in the back pretty hard but at the same time those sorts of things especially when it comes down to like oh you hit my backpack a little too hard and made a sur- uh, and short circuited it real quick I'll just fix it while I'm in the Sarlacc pit and he did he still had his missile launcher, so he probably like blasted that son of a bitch to sun, uh, to sky high. Yeah, and it's it didn't feel fan servicey to me. I did expect what's her name to you know no longer be in be in the series. I'm not gonna spoil who it is, but it. Can I mention the biggest takeaway I'm getting so far? Yo. So, Star Wars is often referred to as a space opera. Yeah. I tend to refer to it as space fantasy. Uh, I, I think, And I think that um, Red Letter Media talked about that in, in the best way that they could. This is from the Plinkett reviews of the Star Wars films. To me, it, it behaves like fantasy does. And uh, it, it's not, it, like, to me, it's never been science fiction. Because there's not a whole lot of like grounding in, in like science works. You know, it's it's fantasy to me. Yeah, uh, just in a different kind of location. And 
while watching the two episodes that we were just watching, it felt exactly like fantasy. It felt like a space western. It, yeah, it it felt like a it felt like a, a mixture of space fantasy and a western, and I have never felt um so much of it being like a fantasy like this in such a long time. Mm-hmm. I never even got the same vibes from the uh, the the sequel trilogy that that finally ended. Mm-hmm. So I, I, when when Disney acquired Star Wars, I was extremely hopeful. I was thinking, okay, maybe this is going to get into the hands of people that are going to give a shit and they're going to be able to make something really great out of this and we can ha- we can really enjoy the franchise for what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh I I went from from feeling great, feeling fantastic from watching um the the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And then during the year during 2017 in the middle of it, we get trailers for The Last Jedi, and I'm realizing, like, why am I not feeling it? Why, why, am, I not, why am, I not, am I not getting any hype for this? There were certain points in the films of both Force Awakening and uh, Last Jedi where it, it made me feel like this is really fucking cool. But then further on, it just kind of fizzled out yeah like that that that's what the that's what a lot of the sequels kind of did to me like there were really cool parts um i'm watching this and i'm feeling really cool about it i really liked finn's character i really like poe dameron's character i Mm -hmm. thought he was going to be the new wedge yeah and then it just fell apart it just really started falling apart in my opinion because they tried they tried to do something that Marvel tried to do. They tried they tried to instill a sense of almond, but the only thing is is that Marvel understands how to make it work. Like what's his name, the writer for uh Marvel's Avengers? Oh, for the movies? Yeah. Joss Whedon? Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon knew how to do superhero movies. Mhm. Like Endgame was pretty cool. Oh, he didn't do that one though. Oh, he didn't do. Yeah, yeah. He just did the first two. He did the first two. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's the thing. I like. So the Mandalorian and uh, the the Force Awakens. Well, so the Mandalorian came out right before the Force Awakens, didn't it? No. It came out after, I think. Okay. So, um, well, no, because I, I think I remember like the the Mandalorian revealing something that uh, was going to be used in the Last Jedi. No, it came out sorry, last it, year. Remember? Uh, sorry used in the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of, so Rise of Skywalker is what I'm thinking about here. It, it's all a blur at this point. Yeah, it, okay. Th- so, so this this is this is what I'm talking about yeah. when it comes down to these sorts of films. Marvel shit, you remember a good amount of the scenes that came out of Marvel. Like the 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 Avengers assemble thing from Endgame, that's iconic at this point. Yeah. Uh the first time that they actually do a 360 view of like all of the characters getting ready to go in for a fight over in New York. That's iconic. That's really cool. I'm drawing a blank in every, like every scene that tried to be iconic because they're just not memorable. Yeah. In, 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 in the original trilogy, it was great shot kid. That was one in a million. No, I am your father, and I'm a Jedi like my father before me, and then so be it, Jedi. Mm-hmm. Those scenes were amazing. They, they, and, and, and it, it shows how strong the original trilogy was. It gave us memorable moments, but at the same time, it didn't hit you with the epic fight scenes that were happening. You know, Luke wasn't supposed to kill the Emperor. Anakin was the one who killed the Emperor in the end. He killed Darth Vader. Luke was just there because he wanted to save his father. That yeah. was his only reason why he why he went to the Death Star in the original uh, in the original bleh, trilogy. He wanted to save his father. That was memorable. Everyone understood that. 
Luke wasn't going there to kill the Emperor because you know what that would make him? That would make him the blandest hero in existence. Because, oh, he's a he's he's the hero, so he's got to kill the bad guy. Gave us a redemption arc for Darth Vader. And we saw it. Mm-hmm. In the new trilogy, I didn't get that. There was no over there was no overarching story. Like, cool. Darth, I forgot his name already. The guy with the hilt lightsaber thing. Oh, um from uh which which movies? The 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 new ones. Oh. Uh there was Darth Plagueis. No, that 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 that, that wasn't from the new movies. That okay. was from the that was from the prequels. Mhm. What is the guy's name that is that was the main villain in the new Star Wars? See, that's the that's the problem. I mean, there's Kylo Ren. Yeah, that that's him. That's him. Okay. That's him. And and yeah. you were saying Darth something. Yeah, because so, so here I don't you are. Remember here, them. Yeah, yeah. Here you are. You 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 remember so much about your experiences with Star Wars. But you have these brain farts from the new trilogy. Yeah, there were just so many times where it's like, oh, that seems kind of and then I just completely forgot about it. Yeah. Like someone who was talking about the 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 spaceship ramming. And I completely forgot about it. I was I remember like being excited for something in the movie, but I just don't remember what the fuck was happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it it got me a little worried at uh, like at certain points because it's like I went to go see this because it's Star Wars, but at the same time, it just I'm drawing a blank on a lot of these things. Yeah, like fuck the prequels. The prequels did a better job at creating memorable scenes than the new movies did. And like half the shit that I'm trying to remember from, from the uh, from the sequels, I don't know. Like half of the shit is literally just edits to make it better. Yeah. But at the same time, I just kept cringing at us at certain parts of this, and it's just, it felt bad. But when I watched the man, oh, when I watched the Mandalorian. There's a shit ton of memorable moments. Mando, uh, the Mando, like putting his finger down to you know, for uh, for 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 the baby to grab his finger. That was memorable. Mm-hmm. Like the entire first episode of the Mandalorian gave us memorable moments. Yeah, him walking into the him walking into the cantina in order to get his mark. That was fucking cool. Freezing him in carbonite? That's fucking badass. This is the way I have spoken. <laughs> like, That's God actually... bless God bless you, yeah. small man. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I remember, I remember using that phrase, like, every so often just to piss my, my friends off after I, after I say something so definitely. Like, I, I have, have spoken. spoken. I have spoken. But, but, no, I have spoken. <laughs> That's it. Done. And the Mandalorian gives us so many, so memory, uh, so, yeah, memories, in all honesty. Yeah. I'm going to remember a good amount of this shit. What I'm getting out of the Mandalorian that I have not been from the movies, except for the original trilogy, is magic. Yeah. I'm getting a sense of wonder and a sense of magic. When I say that, this new season of the Mandalorian has actually been feeling like fantasy to me, like watching some new things related to the Jedi, watching new things related to the Mandalorian race, like and, and expanding upon it. It made that's that's what the fun of of Star Wars is about to me. To me, it, it the reason why the expanded universe was so important to me was because. I got to further dive into and understand the world of not just the these movies, but the, these stories that I that I loved. That's that's why the the expanded universe was so important. So to have Kathleen Kennedy come out and say, "Yeah, it's gone. We're not doing this," and so they 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 instantly made a void. And that is what the Mandalorian is attempting to fill. A giant fucking 
void of canon that is no longer canon. And so the the new trilogy failed at this. Um I sense some more failures coming along the lines here because Disney did announce some new shows and some new movies, right? Yeah. So I want to know your thoughts about what things Disney has announced so far. So from what I remember from the lineup, we got Lando, we got Ahsoka, and we have Thrawn. Those are the three that I am most excited about. Thrawn because Ahsoka Tano, the exact moment that she said, like, who is your master? Where is Admiral Thrawn? That got me really fucking excited. Those of you that don't know about Star Wars lore will probably not know who Thrawn is. But in the expanded universe, Thrawn is the definitive awesome. He is exactly what you want in a villain. He is smart. He is charming. He is charismatic. All he cares about is the Empire. That is all he cares about. If he just happens to fall into leadership positions, like to lead the new Empire, that is just, that's that. Yeah. He has malice. He is the definitive bad guy because he does whatever it takes to get results. In Rebels, if that meant killing a guy on a sabotage speeder in order to prove a point and in order to stop the sabotages, that's that he he he, he he'll he'll do that almost immediately. Mm-hmm. He also is a connoisseur of culture, any sort of alien culture. In in Rebels, one of the big things is uh they, they have to go back for a family relic. And Thrawn is like, I'm gonna keep this in a place of honor because this is obviously an artifact of great worth to you. I'm not gonna give it to you because you're the enemy and I have literally caught you as as spies. So this is mine right now. I'm going to keep this here in a place of honor so as not to dis- disrespect your family name and heritage. Mm-hmm. But I'm still arresting you for being part of the rebellion. He didn't destroy it out of rage or like out of spite. He just took it. And he said, and it, like, this is a cultural item. I'm going to respect it. I'm going to show it the same respect that you would show it. I'm not going to destroy it. I'm not going to deface it or do anything about it. I'm just going to keep it. Yeah. And the only reason he failed is because of other people's envy of him. He is an alien, which is already a naughty no-no in the Empire. The Empire is pro-human. As much as I like to say, like, the Empire is pretty fucking cool, I will admit they are they are space racists. Yeah, like yeah. that. That's what they are. Ow. But at the same time, it's like he defies their expectations. The emperor sees potential in him, so he made him a grand admiral. So human officers that are below him are like, I don't, I don't really like this right now. Why, why does he get to be an admiral? He's an alien. That's bad. And he, the only reason he didn't destroy the rebellion in a single episode is because some guy wanted to be a fucking cock and say, no, I will be the one to destroy the rebellion. You are literally in a ship that stops people from going into hyperspace right now. (laughs) Don't go forward. What are you doing? I'm going forward to kill the rebellion. I'm going to kill you. (laughs) If the rebels don't do it first... I'm going to blow up your escape pod along with anyone that's in your escape pod. Then let's go to Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano literally had the greatest character arc in Clone Wars. In in the Clone Wars, she went from this kind of snotty brat that no one really liked to having one of the most emotional scenes in the entire in in, in the entire series. Ahsoka Tano leaving the order was very emotional for a lot of people. Yeah. Of all the shit that she went through, 
she made the decision of saying, the Jedi Council didn't trust me. The entire Order didn't trust me. Why should I stay in a place that didn't that didn't trust me? Just because they said that I should be a Jedi Knight now because this is your this is our trial? No. This this is not good. Like I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And I think and a lot of people are saying like no, this is the point where Anakin Skywalker started to fall down. He looked at her as basically a sister. And it just Damn, that fucking hurt. And like the entirety of season seven was just a fucking emotional trip for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for the part where they they cut out an entire an entire arc between Anakin and Obi-Wan. So that way they could put in, oh, there's two sisters. We could have had more emotional development with Anakin Skywalker, the main good guy plus the main bad guy in Star Wars. For two sisters that won't get off course on, because it's like they they're they're in a lot of trouble. You know what I'm noticing right now. Mm. I'm noticing that you are okay, despite the game. Okay, you seem to enjoy Star Wars for the same reasons that you enjoy Warhammer so much. What I mean by that is that you dive so deep into the lore of both of those franchises <laughs> because both of them capture your imagination just as easily. Yeah. Now, you might have a preference between one of the two franchises. I mean, I might guess which one, but <laughs> if a person if a person didn't know, though, and, and listen to you talk about both, to them it's like it's going to blend into one thing. And so that's that's what I'm realizing out of you is is, is like, how much passion you put into both of those franchises just because they had the right magic that captured your imagination. So I want to make this I want to make this point very clear for people that are listening. It, it is very easy to dismiss this whole discussion as uh movies about space wizards for kids. Mm-hmm. You've seen that argued way too many times by people that want to dismiss the controversy or really want to dismiss people being upset about the new Star Wars movies. I I can understand where they're coming from. They 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 believe, okay, this is something that's not very important, but people are very passionate about and they're wasting their time. Yeah. I get that. I get that. But what people need are good stories. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they are historical or fictional Humans have been sharing stories that they themselves made up for as long as we've been able to communicate these kind of things. Yeah. And, uh, like, it's not just an escape. It's also a good way of flexing our brain muscles. If if anything, like, let us at least have that. Let us have the uh, the stories that allow us to expand our imaginations and uh, help flex our thinking and and be able to uh, to analyze these stories and and get something out of them that's why that's why it is extremely important for me for star wars to be great that's why i give a shit yeah and it's i mean i understand that you know it's it's a space it's it's space opera or you know you, you think that it's a story of kids yeah but here's the thing. I was a kid when I grew up with it. So yeah, it was for me. And then it started, you know, developing into a more, you know, I'm going to read up a little bit about this. I'm going to know more I want to know more about this universe and then it just started growing hardcore. Like there are there are story arcs that are just like that just kind of blow your mind every once in a while. And, and at the very least you're exercising your brain. Yeah. Like like that's at least something to come out of this. Yeah, I, I've I've read stories from people who who say that Star Wars saved their lives because they were in a very they were in a suicidal state of mind, and then they watched Star Wars, and the reason why it helped them is like the bug bit them. Yeah, and he realized, oh, 
oh fuck now i know now i want to know what's going on here mm-hmm. now i want to know what happens next so at the very least this guy was interested in the story and realized well if i die i don't get to find out what happened yeah <laughs> yeah it, well at the at the same time it gets it gives like what like you said before it gives them a sense of wonder and that's why i'm really liking the mandalore right now it's giving the jedi back their sense of wonder instead of just oh they're just another arm of the republic and and, and i talked to you about the race of uh, of yoda and uh, the the child yeah and and i made a comment about how we we don't know the name of the race of of those characters yeah and you talked about how that was intended and uh, it was intended because there needs to be some form of mystery. And there needs to be some form of mystery, and it also gives people, like, this is why whenever people come up with any of these shows, like, when it, whenever whenever Mandalore comes on, or, I mean, like, Mandalorian or anything like that comes yeah. on, people are looking at, the, uh, like, people are watching these episodes, and then there are the people that really analyze what is happening in each one of those episodes. Um... Right now, one of the big fan theories is that Yoda's race is literally the opposite of the Sith pureblood. Sith pureblood were basically dark side worshippers. Like, sure, you had some really good apples in between there. But at the same time, it's like... They were, they were a race of evil people, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas the, the Yoda's race was a race of you know, good people, you know, both were strongly attuned with the force. Both either became Jedi or Sith. And it just, it felt, it, 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 for me, it feels like the force is attempting to create more, more balance. Like whenever something bad happens, there's something good that's happening. It's like karma. Right. Like, Somebody made the joke that the Jedi Order is basically just Buddhism at this point. <laughs> no attachments, no material possessions, except for the ones that you know you have on you right now. But it, it, it I don't know. It just, it, it, because I have a love hate relationship when it comes down to Jedi. I guess because at one point, oh, so do I. Yeah, like at one point, it's like space wizards. This is kind of fucking cool. But then at the same time, it's like the more the more you begin to look at the space wizards and the more you're exposed to them, the more you begin to wonder, I wonder what everyone else is doing. And then they don't do that. They just keep giving you more space wizards. And I think... I think the main Star Wars movies are always going to be about Jedi and Sith. But when it comes down to, you know, other movies... I mean, when it, when it, when it comes down to anything that's outside of the mainstream... Mm-hmm. Like the main movies, I want them to go into everything else. I want them to talk about, you know, what's happening, what's happening with the smugglers, what's happening with the outer rim, what's happening in the core worlds, what's happening in like all these other places. I want to, I want to hear more stories that isn't just about Jedi. Yeah, I understand that the Jedi are the main selling point when it comes down to Star Wars, but at the same time, it's like. I want to know more about like what the fuck is happening, like storm. And, and that harkens back into Warhammer 40k. Yeah, Warhammer 40k is is, is not just the the Space Marines. Yeah, it, it's not just the Ultramarines. It, it, it's there's 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 so much surrounding not just the Emperor of of mankind. Like there's there's all this about the the chaos the the chaos gods. Um, the, the different the the Eldar the the fucking uh, the orcs the Harlequins oh yeah the Harlequins. oh the Harlequins these steel people but anyways it's it's just like there's like if 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 all they did was was focus on the 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 blue and true Space Marines then then your focus is is way too way too centered yeah and. There's nothing wrong with wanting to just know more about one race rather than the other. There's no there is no problem when it comes down to only wanting to focus on space marine stories. Yeah. Just remember that there are other people that want to know more about the other races, like orcs, Eldar, Dark Eldar, Tau, uh Tyranids, fuck like demons. People want to know more about the demons now. Mm-hmm. And it's just 
I think that's why 40K, I don't think it should have a movie at any point. Simply because it's really hard to make a story that will, that will be able to involve everyone. They're going to go with the poster children and not a lot of people are going to want to go with the poster child. Mm-hmm. They want to know more about the other stuff. Uh, that's, that's why I'm kind of hesitant to kind of like look over at uh, Games Workshop's uh, developing, uh, developing TV shows right now. Yeah. Because it's like, I want to know more. Uh, like, I, I understand that they want to talk about the Blood Angels. Like that's that I think that's going to be one of their big, big movies that are coming that are going well b- movies, TV shows that are going to be coming out. Yeah, uh, they're going to be talking about Eisenkorn. He's one of the more famous Inquisitors. When you start reading into the lore, you'll at least hear about Eisenkorn at some point. Cyphus Kane, uh, Torquemada Kodiaz. Uh, Fuck, you might even know about Ephriel Stern at some point. And it's going to be the same thing when it comes down to uh, to Star Wars. Like, at some point, someone will bring up Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker's wife in the extended universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to start knowing more about the fact that there was a literal killer B- uh, BB-1 battle droid that someone retrofitted to have knives, and he's also really, really, really into killing people. You'll know about HK-47, the greatest droid to ever exist, ever in the history of ever. Uh, you'll learn about Darth Revan at some point. You'll learn about... Fuck. Yeah, Jesus, you might even learn more about like the Wookiees and shit like that if you start diving a little bit harder. Yeah. Uh, Deke should actually come back and do a uh, show about the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, we got one more <laughs> comment left here, and then we'll, we'll conclude the episode. All right. Uh, not even Star Wars D and D has a race for him besides just being Yoda. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And I mean, when it comes down to Star Wars D and D, uh, I'm just gonna say this right now. There's two different kinds. There's the D6 kind, and then there's the one with the fancy dice. I played the one with the fancy dice. You know what happened to him? What? He got blinded and then shoved off into a bottomless pit. <laughs> My cybernetic badass pirate man that literally had a knife. (laughs) Until next time, though, do you think he took fall damage? Bitch. (laughs) That's right. I got this one. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Too many dead dudes. All right, guys, thank you very much for uh, for watching the stream here. Uh, I've been seeing that there have been some um, dropped frames. I'm not sure what's been the cause of that. I'll look into uh, my internet access and see if there's something that's going on with it. And, uh, you know, this doesn't happen every week. It doesn't happen just this week. But thanks for, for, uh, for uh, listening, and uh, see you guys next time.